Welcome to Everything Imaginable, the podcast for curious minds from KGRA Radio. And here is your host, Gary Cochilillo. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Everything Imaginable. I'm your host, Gary Cacciolillo, and today we have Damien Keller on the show. He is has written a book called Sounds Great, uh, Spiritual Science of Sound and Vibration. Uh, this is a really interesting story really interesting topic and uh and i'm really looking forward to diving into it thanks for coming on thanks for having me i really appreciate it looking forward to it awesome so um i, I mean the first obvious question is what got you into this uh well f- strangely enough ufo research um it's been a lifelong hobby ever since i was a little kid we'd go to the library and you know the whole family and uh I'd check out books on UFOs just to find some pictures I hadn't seen before, read some stories. And uh, I saw a couple myself when I was younger. Um, Then with the advent of the internet and a smartphone and uh, working a day job, they allowed me to just click link after link all day and take notes. I found uh, the Integraton and the Schumann Earth Resonance. And... Growing up with a mother who was interested in crystals and the chakras and these kind of things and having kind of a broad interest in in that uh, aspect, uh, you know, and hearing the repeated phrase, you know, raise your vibrations and, uh, you know, that kind of thing. I went, well, I'm a sound engineer. I'm a musician. These things are quantifiable. Um, but what's the Schumann resonance? And, you know, what does it have to do with? anti-gravity aliens longevity free energy uh, and you know came to study a lot in a very short period of time and found a lot of it to be very uh, misleading and dense disinformation where things like the Schumann resonance uh, the Vedic idea of ohm and creation and those kind of things uh, to actually be be uh, very true and brainwain entrainment of course and uh these kind of things so um yeah strangely enough ufos well yeah you know i have my own health issues i'm almost mm-hmm. 50 years old i've been smoking for most of my life cigarette you know i smoke natural organic tobacco now and feel fine my ekgs come back no problems but nonetheless uh, you know uh, meditation yoga i have a constructive tissue disorder just stretching breathing properly uh, those kind of things definitely are beneficial um in, in in any degree that you do them you know whether you only have five minutes a day or you can take some time on the weekend or something especially if you have an issue you know like a tissue disorder you know stretch out every now and then it's you know and and work on your breathing and your brain waves while you're at it relax let go of everything and uh, sympathetic vibratory physics are a, a basic of it all it's a it's a basic law of physics they don't teach in schools uh, 
if they did, the world would be a drastically different place. And, um, you know, just focusing on your own energies, attracting what you need and those kind of things uh, is, is a very basic element of our lives that, that we can achieve relatively easily uh, compared to what we'd, we've been led to believe. Yeah. You know, I, I've always had um, a really big interest in, uh, in the occult and metaphysics. And I always felt, you know, at, at, at the core of it all in the theory, um, it has to come down to vibration. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I mean, Definitely. in science, just in science in even material science says that everything is, is, is just vibrating molecules. Um, so, so, you know, obviously, um, sound in vibration when we, we experiment with it is going to have an effect on our bodies and our minds. Uh, and I think we experience that like every time I get in the car and like put on some music, it, it can change my mood a little bit. Well, right. Yeah. Um, you know, and that, that can lead to road rage. If you, you lock yourself in your little metal box and you're cranking death metal and you're pissed off at the world, you you know, you're going to be easily agitated. Uh, if you, you know, put on some classical and kind of take some deep breaths and just enjoy the ride that will probably not probably definitely drastically change your experience and and those around you so uh, it that that's a great analogy that i even used in the books that uh when i went to the saint hildegard's abbey in germany the sister lydia admitted to me oh i i always listen to classical rock in the car and i'm like seriously (laughs) you're the the music historian at saint hildegard's abbey and you get in the car and intentionally piss yourself off that okay <laughs> that doesn't make sense to me but I, I, everybody's got their own escape i guess yeah i, I mean i think you think it's possible too that maybe uh, different types of people are affected differently by vibration oh definitely uh you know which is why i feel like i have to kind of z- get a zero f- kind of a baseline reading on an EKG before I start doing a brainwave entrainment experiment when you know you live in a house full of crystals and organ and you listen to Ravi Shankar and classical and you know it, your your brain waves aren't really where they would be if you just got off a bus coming from work or <laughs> you know, out of the grocery store, that kind of, you know, it's, uh, I used to do, you know, little sample experiments at events and I'd have the table set up and people could see their brain waves before and after. But when you're at like a, uh, you know, conscious party and, they're DJing Ravi Shankar and you know, everybody's grooving and hugging each other there. You're already in that kind of state, you know, you're so, you know, to look at the before and after wasn't such a drastic difference. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You're kind of already, you're fine right now. You, what you need is this track, like tomorrow 
when you get home from work. Not right now, you're fine. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so like my personality, like for example, like I'm like really laid back and kind of lazy. So, so, so when I go to work, you know, I will listen to things like punk rock and heavy metal and stuff. Sure, almost just a function because that's what it takes. I think sometimes for me to raise myself up to like that of a normal person. Well, uh, you know, I only figured that out a couple of years ago, which I, it would have benefited me to figure that out a long time ago, despite the fact that probably in the not late 90s when all the subgenius stuff was coming out, one of their slogans was act like a dumbass and they'll treat you like an equal. Right. Yeah. You know, it's like this is how to survive in the world if you've kind of, you know, taken the red pill already and, uh, but still need to pay your rent and go to your job every day. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but yeah, same thing. You know, if I get up in the morning and I'm, I, I, I don't talk to anybody and I don't check my email or Facebook and I, I go to work and I'm listening to classical in the car and I walk into work, then all of a sudden I'm slapped in the face with this completely different reality. But if, you know, I actually watch the news or, you know, listen to the rock station, you know, even classic rock on the way to work, you're kind of more prepared to deal with the average Joe of society. Yeah. Hey, how you doing? I feel like shit. I got a headache. I don't want to be here. No, you're just like, Oh, I'm great. How you doing, bro? <laughs> <laughs> it's a different, you know, you're not like, you're not slapped in the face by reality. You kind of ease into it in your own way, you know, mm -hmm. baby steps. That's <laughs> funny because because you described my morning routine to the T. <laughs> right. I, I wake up, I let my dog out, I watch the news, <laughs> and, it, and in the shower, and I think when I'll put on some music, you know, like usually, usually something rock, usually like, like, um, like I'm really into like, um, like sort of like stoner rock, you know? Yeah. So uh, like I'll listen to like some clutch or some Fu Manchu or something. <laughs> and, you know. I mean, I can't, despite all the shit I talk about classic rock and, and equal temperament and rock music, it, I, I Queens of the stone age and desert sessions and all that is, is still my guilty pleasure. It's I, <laughs> I get in the car and I'm like, I'm just going to put on, you know, Queens of the stone age and just yell at everybody with my windows rolled up and, <laughs> and cranked up and I'm just going to get my errands done. It's Saturday. I hate everyone. And I want to be home. I'm just, you know, yeah, that's, that's cool. Like, like Queens of the Stone Age doesn't really affect me that much. Actually, like, like, like in my world, like Queens of the Stone Age is kind of mellow. Um, oh yeah. Well, I'm talking like, uh, what's that? The, uh, songs for the deaf. <laughs> yeah Grohl and mark lanigan yeah, that's mm -hmm. a great driving album like every song on there almost is about driving in your car you know and <laughs> <laughs> let's go for a ride yeah classic mark lanigan it's just even just down a side street it, it makes you feel better about Driving, <laughs> driving. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like, this isn't so. Right. I can deal with this for a little while, I guess. Yeah, yeah. like I, I'm with you with kind of like like I do find like you know death metal 
at least now, like when I was younger, I used to listen to it, that stuff all the time, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, like Venom and Slayer. And, and, that, and I never really got into it. I, I always felt like I should because I was a punk rocker, but I don't, I was always more on like the mod and sky and of punk rock. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to the extent I'd get called a poser when I was at like junior high and high school, because <laughs> I was, you know, I, ca- I cared more about finding some cool jam shoes at the th- thrift store than, you know, actually learning how to skateboard. I, <laughs> just, I was lazy about it. And I started smoking lots of things at a very early age <laughs> kind of <laughs> traded in breaking limb. I'm, I'm skinny i have a constructive tissue disorder i've already destroyed uh the nerves and both of my funny bones so if i hit my funny bone it's not funny it's pins and needles for like three days i can't type i can't play oh, guitar i can't terrible. play yeah so, and this has been since you know junior high so i decided probably stop trying to skateboard and jump in the pit and you know pra- uh, practice guitar more <laughs> <laughs> how i look you know on the mic in the mirror and things like that so it's just kind of my fate in that but you know a lot of my bandmates and friends were always into like the death metal stuff and i find myself at shows or listening to music at a party and i i respect it because of the talent that goes into it like metal musicians are just like the modern classical guy like just a mind-blowing stuff with the shredding and everything and you have to respect it as a musician but it was just something that the energy of it I, I i just never really connected to growing up you know i was always more into the like poppy catchy buzzcocks type of stuff you know punk rock a little more oh, yeah. uh, melodic and and uh poetic and that kind of stuff you know well i i do think too during that time period um i mean even though metal probably had it was more complex musically at least some bands were right i, I think punk rock was more together socially like the, the the social views were more advanced way more advanced than that yeah. of, of metal yeah and you know I, I, like in the 80s i'd go to punk rock shows and you'd see blacks whites latinos asians everybody mm-hmm. together native americans you know it was a good mixed scene but what was in in like my junior high there was one black dude that was not into hip hop or, or funk or whatever, you know, they're the, the like, you know, major radio station type of stuff. And he was just a hundred percent metal. <laughs> he, was just, <laughs> he was like, you know, and, and one day I had to be like, bro, have you ever heard bad brains? <laughs> <laughs> Blew his mind. He was like, Oh my God, I'm not alone. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that like, like I probably won't don't even like them as much as you will. <laughs> but they're amazing. You know, you're gonna love this. And he was like, oh my, you know, he'd have like the Jimi Hendrix patch on the back of his jean jacket stuff, mm-hmm. but, you know, Metallica on the front and that kind of thing. And then 
new bad braves you need to check out bad braves like, oh my god that's <laughs> kind of like, like like what happened to me was like i start i started out definitely into like metal and then i kind of got disgusted with it and i definitely went way towards <laughs> the punk side <laughs> right you yeah. know i started you know like henry rollins and ramones and bad right. brains and okay yeah. all those bands yeah. well a lot a lot of those bands got better hey as time went on too and a lot of metal bands got worse (laughs) 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 it kind of flipped for a few years and then and then grudge happened and then everybody was standing around like oh i (laughs) i don't even know what to do anymore (laughs) (laughs) i will say I used to love Soundgarden. I must have seen them like oh, man. fifty yeah. times. Oh no, okay. um, yeah, and, uh, and, and like like I'll say like two of my favorite bands from that time were Soundgarden and Sonic Youth. Mm-hmm. I, I used to love those two bands. Yeah, Sound Soundgarden really hated for me. Honestly, like Nirvana was the first grunge band I heard, and. I had uh, I had the radio on the rock station ish like in the early nineties. I moved in with my girlfriend. I was nineteen years old. I'm driving her car to the grocery store, and I've got like what's kind of becoming the classic rock station on. They would play some new stuff, but it was all so horrible. They mostly played like you know, "Sympathy for the Devil" fifteen times a day, you know, because they were sick of all the new stuff, and then. I get in the car and like something like Neil Young faded out. And then they were like, here's this new song by this band called Nirvana. <laughs> and they, they played smells like teen spirit. And I'm like, Holy crap. Like punk is back. <laughs> okay. Okay. I haven't heard anything like this in a long time, especially on top 40 ish radio. You know, this is early nineties. We just had a radio with a, I don't know if there's even a tape player at that point you know and so I, I was like i was kind of blown away but that led me to find soundgarden and and a lot of other bands and I'm like, oh this is really and i was i was playing scott at that point so i was aware of boss tones and things like that you uh-huh. know, so i kind of the grunge thing just kind of chili peppers were kind of like all music is one now world music is just everything from now on you know between chili peppers and paul simon it was, <laughs> that's it world music everything is the same period it doesn't matter you can go from african voodoo jungle stuff slam it into a punk rock break and then you know anything goes at that point so uh it, it was a an, an interesting era for for uh, modern popular music, you know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It definitely was a good time, I think, because because it wasn't it, yeah. it wasn't pop, you know. No, what it, it was. I mean, you know, MTV was kind of like okay, we're 10, 15 years on at this point, and people were people had been going nuts with videos from the get go. But when you start incorporating like this world view of styles and cultures and things and that you know i mean without trying to get too 
political here. This is this is one reason why so many older people find the state of politics right now so insane is that like we already went through this. <laughs> We've already been <laughs> we already did this. Like everything was one. 20 years ago (laughs) we already did this you know and so uh everything was all groovy and everything everybody was loving each other's culture and learning from each other and uh and really having a good life experience because of it and and meeting and loving different people and and creating new people out of that and yeah yeah, yeah. It, 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 we did. We we went backwards. I think the same thing because you right. and I are about the same age, and like, yeah. I remember like, um, like I'll tell people now, like, um, I still be surprised. Like, I'll be like, yeah, I saw uh, Public Enemy and Ice T and bands <laughs> like that, and they're like, why? You're an old white dude. And I'm like, man, when I was like a kid, like, like that was just still all sort of considered like alternative punk rock. It was still all yeah. one thing. It wasn't like all this separate right. shit. <laughs> Yeah, no, it was that. That was one of the big things about punk and hip hop is that they they definitely crossed over a lot more than people realize today. They they don't really understand the mutual roots of the of the very you know synchronistic movements uh, within the culture. Um, you know, and the culture is isn't race it's class you know the culture was disenfranchised black hispanic white and asian and native american kids yeah they were were bored and frustrated and they all made hip-hop and punk rock with instruments they either built or stole you know (laughs) and (laughs) that's you know that's all there was i went to high school with this hispanic kid he's like yeah, I play drums. And I'm like, oh, cool. What kind of drum set do you have? Like, you know, my dad brings over his Ludwigs on the, you know, during the week for me to play. He has gigs on the weekends, but I get to play after school. And uh, he, he built them out of pots and pans and trash cans. He, this kid built a drum set in his garage. He was using uh, like a, some saw blades for cymbals and, you know, he, he built his own drums kit and taught himself how to play drums, you know? And I went, wow, that's, that's hip hop. That's punk rock right there. You know? And he's, he started a band. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I bet that drum kit sounds better than mine. It's probably pretty decent. Yeah, definitely. So, so how did you get from, from that, um, like you've answered some of it, like you grew up in a household where there's like a lot of crystals and, and chakra type of stuff with your mom <laughs> and, 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 and sort of bring your, your passion and love for music and make it, you know, incorporate it into like your spirituality. Well, my dad was the musician. He was the drummer. He started teaching me when I was real little. Um, you know, my mom was more the artist and more spiritual. They divorced when I was real young, but kept a close relationship. And, you know, it was very equal raising me. Um, so when I graduated high school, I'd been playing a band since I was 15 and uh, played multiple instruments at that point and decided I wanted to learn sound so that 
I knew what I was doing when I got to the gig because the sound man obviously didn't in my experience. And I wanted to be like, hey, I'm a certified sound engineer. So, and then secondly, I wanted to do recording and producing. And, and uh, so I went to school for audio engineering right out of high school. And then just after that, I moved to Chicago to play with a band called Blue Meanies for a while on bass for a summer. Uh, me and my girlfriend moved together. And then after that ended, it, we uh, just started a new band there. She, we had had a band in Omaha where we grew up, um, ska band, and then moved to Chicago, did that for the summer, and then started a new group that was a little more electronic and that kind of thing. Fast forward many years, um, again, just through my UFO research, the advent of smartphones, being able to research all day and finding the Integratron, Schumann Resonance, um, you know, Vril Chi, Prana, it's all the same thing. Just kind of stumbling onto that and just link after link, studying and, and learning about what that really is, the quantifiable you know, 7.83 hertz resonance, working with that, working with uh, Pythagorean fifths. Um, I found Theosophy, Rosicrucianism, uh, that have been teaching these things for centuries. Yeah. And um, just not even taught in the modern orders. I had to dig back into things from Germany, France, who translating... Uh, that kind of thing. I I joined the modern groups, you know, like a handful of them kind of know what I'm talking about. And I'm like, I'm getting this from you guys stuff. You realize, you know, and they're, they, they don't get it anymore. They don't understand the difference between, um, you know, crystal modern tune singing bowls and, Pythagorean fists. They don't, they don't understand the difference between a guitar and a keyboard and, you know, actual harmonic tuning and those kind of things, which I didn't understand at first, but it's very basic and it's really easy to understand basically. And uh, the, the issue I've found is not so much not understanding it as it is habit you know i i don't want to turn off the radio i can't stop listening to this kind of music i spent sixteen hundred dollars on this crystal singing bowl set you know or these tuning forks and i just can't accept that it doesn't work you know and that unfortunately that's the sad truth of of the majority of it um but a lot of people are figuring it out there, you know, it's, it's not that hard to fix. You can pour some water in a tuning bowl and uh, a singing bowl and tune it down and mm -hmm. that kind of, th you know, it, all is not lost, um, but there are some major adjustments that need to be made in 90% of what's called sound therapy and vibration therapy these days um it's you expressed an interest in the chakras and 
since the 70s, people have been using a C major scale. Well, C is an octave of green. I don't care if you're tuning an A432 or if you're tuning A440 or if you're mm -hmm. tuning solfeggio. It doesn't matter. C equals green, not red. It's not the root chakra, period. So, I mean, until people realize that, they're going to continue to do things wrong. Um, you can take a C major singing bowl set and retune it to A432. You're still using C for the root chakra. It doesn't do any. So it's, it's been extremely buried. It's been, some of it has been intentional. Some of it not just naivete, but nonetheless, it's, it's resulted in a bit of a mess when it comes to uh, what people are doing, which, you know, can result in more dissonance than harmony. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's, you know, if you're using a, a, a green light on your heart, but you're using, you know, a, a purple sound, <laughs> you know, you're going to get dissonant. It's an, it's canceling it out. It's not, it's not working. So, um, so, um, with that, um, like w which keys would associate with, with this, with the different chakras Like, So I understand, like when I was reading your book and I read about C, you know, it made sense to me, like, like right off the bat. Cause, cause you know, and you say it in your book too, like middle C's in the middle, <laughs> like it's such a, Right. Yeah. You know, and, like, it, and it's there for a reason. <laughs> right. Yeah. The um, Steiner said, you know, C is prime. C is one hertz and it's octaves. And that's scientific pitch. Doctors use it in their tuning forks. If you get a scientific pitch tuning fork to check for a broken bone, it's C at 128 hertz, which is an octave of one. Uh, so if if you consider energy expands from the center sees an octave of green you're basically using the law of octaves it's another basic law of physics not taught in schools if you take one times two is two times two is four times four is eight 16 32 64 128 on and on and on all the way up into terahertz which is light, color and light, you'll get green. Um, and you'll get that for many, many hertz across the spectrum, you know, until you hit blue-green or you go the other way and you hit yellow-green. Uh, so when you use the law of octaves with music and color, uh, what you get is G would be like the bottom of the spectrum, like the burgundy uh maroon kind of deep red then right. g sharp would be a red which would be a roots root chakra uh next note would be a uh, which is orange and uh your sacral and the next would be solar chakra at yellow uh, and the b flat and then you find B, which is an octave of the Schumann Earth resonance at 7.83 hertz, which C.W. Ledbetter interpreted it as the second heart chakra. So did Paramahansa Yogananda 
and he sent his disciples to help build the integratron to harness mm-hmm. it and help rejuvenate the world and then just above that you have uh the sea and your uh, you know your heart chakra and then just above that you have c sharp which is the vedic ohm the the monks chant at it the the sitars are tuned at it um and then you go on from there you have you have another one in between that and the throat and then there's the brow then the crown and there's one above that so if you use the chromatic western scale of 12 notes you're you're gonna have one above and one below shocker and then you know (laughs) and then you're gonna have a couple in between you know you have three and then you'll have a space and then another chakra and then some space and then you're you know throw it up to brow your communication those kind of things so it it actually makes a lot of sense when you look at it and these can be compared to the astrological signs and the planets and um I Ching and everything else. It was all done in the late uh, 1800s by St. Eve's D'Alvidre in Paris. Uh, but, but back then, he wasn't using the law of octaves. He was using a different correlation between the, the notes and the colors. And then also there have been some plans discovered since then and, and kind of new astrological information. So I kind of updated that. Um, that's one of the things that got me into this too, is I found that chart, couldn't understand it, and then um, kind of made it my my goal to figure it out and uh, update it and presented it to people practicing now with things like runes and tarot and sound therapy to uh, a way that they could utilize it today. Oh. Um, so, so one, you know, one is, is, uh, uh, I, I, I love, uh, you know, I, I've read Yogananda and, um, you know, the autobiography of a yogi is one of my favorite books. Mm. And I've also always been fascinated, um, by the Integraton and, uh, Van Tassel. And, uh, you know, I was reading your, your story about like going there. Yeah, and, was, and, and spending the night that that had to be absolutely incredible. It was pretty nuts. I I uh I lined up this rental car, flew out, stayed with my ex-wife and and her current wife in California, in uh Pasadena, and had this car lined up to rent, and I went to get it, and it was this piece of crap like 30 year old toyota and i mean they hold up but i'm driving out to the desert for two and a half hours and this thing is just it doesn't look like you can make it to you know down to the store and back and so she's like well my mom's been renting from this enterprise place looking for a new car let's call them up and they're like oh yeah we got this this guy just brought this brand new dodge charger back you know and i'm like I'll take it. Let's go. So we head over there and and I'm in this thing and stuck in traffic for hours. So it's dark and I'm four hours late. Finally get out to the desert and I 
I'm like, I have no GPS, no Google Maps, nothing back then. It was like 2011, and I didn't even have a decent smartphone at the time. And so I find myself on this desert thing that's basically a road carved out of a canyon. <laughs> and <laughs> I am level with the wind turbines that are just blowing the crap out of this tiny little plexiglass capsule I'm in. <laughs> like, and your your things, the little barriers on either side of these things are like maybe three feet high. And the drop is probably six, 700 feet down. <laughs> And so I'm just like white knuckled. It's dark as hell. I don't have glasses. I should have glasses. I don't. And I'm just scared for my life. And I finally get off of the thing. And I mean, this was like 20 minutes on this thing. And I finally get off of it and missed my exit and had to go all the way around it again. It was terrifying. And cars are like, you know these la guys are like flying past me and their ferraris are like 90 miles an hour looking at me like i'm an idiot (laughs) (laughs) if i go over the edge no one will know for months (laughs) you know like there's no there's i have no gps like you're in the middle of nowhere like there's no tracing that (laughs) you're just gone you know so it was nuts. I finally get out there really late, uh, got set up, and uh, it, I, I had some missing time. I saw some weird lights at 3.30 and kind of looked around outside the building. I was, in the, I was just about to start a track, and I saw this green light out the window lower down, uh, maybe, you know, 100 yards out into the field and I I go look out and it fades out and then I'm like okay and I go back and I sit down and put the headphones on and just as I'm about to start recording again I hear footsteps walking around the outside and so I take off the headphones and I get up and I go look around again and I don't see anything and all of a sudden I don't hear anything so I go back and I put the headphones on again and then it's five o'clock in the morning. (laughs) two and a half hours were just gone all of a sudden and i'm like okay it's not bad enough i'm four and a half hours late getting out of here i paid a little bit of money for this experience and you know but now i've lost another two and a half hours of it and i'm sure whatever happened was amazing but i can't remember it so it's kind of useless right now Uh, so so, so give my listeners the ones that like some of them might not know what the Integratron is and why it was built. Well, in uh, in the fifties, George Van Tassel uh, bought this land out in Landers, California. It was an old abandoned Air Force airstrip, and he kind of restored the airstrip and. Uh, it was out at this location called Giant Rock. Um, there's some backstory to that with a German uh, prospector named Franz Kritzker that will kind of clue you in a little bit more as to what was really going on out there and why this uh, 
aircraft engineer from Lockheed and Skunk Works and these kinds of places would retire early, move his family out to this place and open an airstrip and then build uh, this, it's called a parabolic dome, which means it's cathedral shaped. Uh, a parabolic dome will reflect sound. I don't know if you've ever been to those parks where they have two giant dishes set up, maybe, you know, a hundred yards apart and you can whisper into one and your friend and the other one can hear you like they were standing next to you. It, it just sends the signal. Um, so if you're in a parabolic dome, it, the sound is like being on the moon. <laughs> it's just, it's completely different. I mean, or how you would imagine that to be or something. It's just surround sound. I had to take off my, uh, all my jewelry, my hoodie. I smacked my zipper and it was like thunder in this place. Um, and this was built on a cross section of ley lines to accumulate and distribute the Schumann earth resonance to the population for healing and rejuvenation. Um, about two weeks before, and, and this was also using Tesla technology. And again, if you research it a little on your own, you'll find out more about how this guy could have possibly got his hands on that technology than I want to go into, but uh, he did. And two weeks before he was going to throw the switch, he mysteriously died of a heart attack, which may or may not have had something to do with his second wife and all his paperwork immediately disappearing. And uh, the place kind of sat in ruin for a long time. A DJ bought it for a while and, or was going to and was going to turn it into a nightclub or something because of the sound and that didn't work out. And then uh, now these two sisters own it and um, they use it for sound baths and they used to rent it, uh, you know, privately and for overnight since all this fun stuff has gone down not so much um they still do some sound bath stuff but i don't think they even let anybody in there anymore i think it's all the sound baths are done outside and uh they have their big singing bowls and all that and i don't know if they're even letting anybody in uh but i got grandfathered in um i put down my reservation deposit and then uh and then, um, what's his name? They did the no reservations with Josh Hami and uh, went out to Rancho de la Luna and the Integratron. And so Anthony Burdain had an episode on those two places. And then all of a sudden, uh, rates at both places pretty much tripled, no more <laughs> overnights and all that. And, uh, and Joanne calls me up and she's like, yeah, um, we're going to go ahead and let you slide because we're really down with what you're doing and you already paid the deposit and everything. So, um, but just so you know, when you're telling people or, you know, if you're writing and that kind of thing, you know, it's the deal you got is no mas. So um, I kind of got, got in just before it was too late. 
and uh, missed out on going to the rancho. I had a day reserved at Rancho de la Luna, the Desert Sessions, Queens of the Stone Age studio run by Dave, Dave Ketching. Mm-hmm. And then Arctic Monkeys booked that whole month <laughs> with my day, <laughs> my little one day to go mix and master stuff I recorded at the Integratron and maybe add some moogs and drums and fun stuff over it. No, they, the, he was like, I can't, you know, and I'm like, dude, I don't blame you. <laughs> you know, I can't hold you to that. Of course, you got a whole month long album and major label and all that. So I just got kicked out of that. But but I spent an extra day out there and uh, enjoyed it, you know, so when I got lost in the <laughs> desert, almost so- got the car stuck so do you think if he had finished it that the intake return would have really become an immortality machine uh well i yeah yeah because otherwise why why did he die two weeks before the 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 switch was flipped you know i mean he was a healthy man there's nothing wrong with him he'd been working on this for 20 years you know, with all kinds of support from Howard Hughes. Howard Hughes basically paid for the thing. Um, Paramahansa Yogananda provided some manual labor from some disciples. One of his sons married Van Tassel's daughter uh, and, and claimed to have his own UFO experience out there. I, it, I, yeah, I mean, I think... I think it's just like Tesla. It's kind of one of those things where the proof's in the pudding. They shot themselves in the foot by taking this person out. Um, however, they were so far advanced that what they were doing, that you know, the government couldn't allow it to happen. Um, you know, this this Venusian quote unquote UFO lands out there and and tells him how to build this thing. Uh, the four occupants were well-tanned white people. Um, they were probably from Argentina. <laughs> <There's>, <laughs> you know, everyone in South America knows there's a base down there, and it's it's not alien. You know, they'll tell you they're Venusians, but they speak with a German accent, so that's a little bit suspect. and that's all i care to say about that but i think we all know where they're really from (laughs) Uh, and why they know why they have tesla's floor plans why they have schumann's information you know nobody knew what the schumann resonance was outside of his class in the early 1950s when all of a sudden van tassel starts building this building on a cross-section of ley lines based on harnessing it nobody even knew what it was how did he where did he get this oh from the venusians who had german accents (laughs) and they were tan and they were in a ufo (laughs) okay that makes sense so again you can you can kind of piece it all together uh but it, let's just say it's kind of one of the ways I knew it was actually real information and something I should follow uh, when it came to researching you know, healing frequencies and, and, you know, sympathetic vibratory physics and, and uh, 
and the kind of truths that again we're just not taught in school and mm -hmm. so why do you, why do you think this technology is such a threat to governments uh well first of all the healing aspects fabian my man in paris france in the 80s healed three cases of breast cancer uh, by having someone sing a C major scale at them in modern tuning and temperament. And after about three hours a day of this for three months straight, it finally deteriorated the, the cancer cells. Um, however, first of all, even for publishing that in his book, um, blanking on his name, I might have to go get the book. Uh, probably safer if I don't say his name. Uh, Mitchell Gaynor, Dr. Mitchell Gaynor um, published that in his book. And while writing his second book and awaiting his second child, was suicided um and fabian the man actually really didn't do jack comparatively to what he could have done just having someone sing the c major scale at someone that's why it took th three months of three hours a day because there's only one of those intervals that works and if you actually use both notes at the same time uh, and just administer it through tuning forks or low frequency transducers um what what took him three hours a day would have took effect in like 10 minutes and if you just turned a system on and slept on it overnight for eight hours it, those cancer cells, if you weigh the scales of what he did and then actually doing it more directly and smarter and less wasted time, uh, it, it probably would have taken like two weeks to have the same results. So when you consider what's been done based on like intuition and and the kind of like trickling in of information that has been available um it's had results they're already like scared of and and they know it works and you know you're talking about multi-billion dollar industries that you know would be threatened by it um you know they love their radiation they love their pain pills um you know every time i go to cardiology well you have marfan syndrome so you said you have pain yeah i have pain sometimes well you know doesn't it affect your work no <laughs> you know <laughs> and they're like well, it might, and you don't realize it. And I'm like, I'm not five. I <laughs> I know when I have a headache and when I don't, you know. Uh, 
well, you know, no, don't you need painkillers? No, I use brainwave entrainment. I use meditation. I have yoga. I don't need your drugs. Um, and, you know, you just did an EKG on me. I'm almost 50 years old. I've been smoking cigarettes since I was 12. And you say I have the heart of a 25-year-old. So must be doing something right. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you, you know, you just told me I'm fine. So I don't need any, you know. Um, you know, the brainwave entrainment for for pain relief is something that I've been trying to get people more interested in and you know I have a lot of friends complaining of pain on Facebook and that kind of thing and I'd say about half of them are interested in what I tell them the other half are complaining just to be complaining and they kind of wallow in their pain and and they feed off of it and that's disappointing and and unfortunate but um you know you can you can use as you were asking about the the brow chakra frequencies um they they stimulate pain relief endorphins and serotonin they do the same thing painkillers do but without any side effects and once you get used to these frequencies and and you've been using them for two three weeks or a month it's like say you're driving to work and your radio won't work but it, a song you've been listening to for a month comes in your head you can do the same thing you don't need the track anymore you can just pull it up in your head and get rid of the headache it's it's almost instant and you'll start getting them less because it's just always in your brain to kind of go to this frequency that provides what you need your your brain tells your body to heal itself and it takes very little to get to that point. I had migraines for my entire life and I haven't had them in 10 years because I I just I have these frequencies kind of trained to just kick in whenever it starts to happen. Uh, I've had some short nights of sleep and things like that that started to result in a headache, but I could quickly reserve, reverse that process um, with with very little effort, you know. And, and you're talking ten years of doing this, I can do that. But it, you have to start somewhere, and you know, it happened a lot quicker than I expected. I didn't expect it to work at all. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, but it did. So, all I can do is when somebody's like, "Oh, my migraines," well. I haven't had them in 10 years, you know, so it's worth a shot. Um, either that or you can keep wasting money on drugs and putting a Band-Aid on a bullet wound, you know. So so is there a right way and wrong way to, to use these frequencies? Um, in a way, a, a lot of what you're going to find on YouTube, um, you know, and I don't want to belittle other people's work, especially when it's done with such good intention to help other people. But if you find on YouTube a binaural beat and it's laid over um, you know, African drumming or Native American drumming or music, um, 
it's it's not going to work because all music is brainwave entrainment and the brainwave entrainment frequency has a pitch and a key to it and it also has a rhythmic tempo to it and 99 percent of the people on i'm gonna be honest i haven't found anybody else that syncs them up besides myself nobody does it they just go here's a schumann earth resonance over a native american drumming well he's drumming at a completely different tempo and they negate themselves they create a third frequency um which i call ghost intervals you know you're you've got this and this and the other thing one and one doesn't equal two it's equals three if you take one frequency and another you get the result of the two so for your listeners who don't know brainwave entrainment these frequencies are way too low to hear you have to use two combined um, so that they pulse and create the third. So if I use a 13610 ohm tuning fork and a C128 tuning fork, which is a little bit flat of that, it's like playing two keys next to each other on the piano mm-hmm. and you get that wah, 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 or a guitar player's tuning, you know? And wah, 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 and then it's in tune when it stops vibrating, right? Well, that pulsing creates a frequency. And it's so low we can't hear it, but it's actually a tempo and a frequency, like 7.83 hertz. You can't hear it. But if I hit this ohm tuning fork and this C tuning fork at the same time, you hear that pulsing. That pulsing is 8.1 hertz. That's 136.10 minus 128, 8.1. It's almost the Schumann resonance. Um, And so that's how you get brainwave entrainment. You listen to one in one ear, the other in the other, and your brain perceives the 8.1, not the two individual tones. So (laughs) that being said... uh, do that again, man. <laughs> so if you layer this, okay, so that was so pretty is, cool. This is like eight hertz, right? So this is like a, a C. Okay. Now, if I lay this over a B that doesn't sync up with that pulsing, you're canceling it out, right? You know, like you can't you can't put that pulsing to something that has a kick drum going at it at a completely different tempo and expect to get the same results as if you were only okay. listening to that pulse. So, so, so the drum has to match the pulsing. Right. Right. And okay. you, can, you can do this with a simple formula. It's a scientific formula. It's uh, a buddy of mine built me an Excel file so I can just, type in a tempo and know what the brainwave entrainment is that's going on with that beat or vice versa. Um, I can say I want to make a brainwave entrainment track at 10 hertz and I type in 10 hertz and it tells me what tempo to use. So um, it's it, it sounds intricate and petty but it's actually really simple to to do it right and then if you use a nice chronic tone instead of the binaurals where it's just a it's just a pulse tone like imagine um you know baba o'reilly by the who 
-hmm. That's a good six minutes of 6.66 hertz brainwave entrainment for you. Um, but that's literally what that song is. And you can reverse engineer that to do something with a desired effect. Uh, so that's the best way to do it. But also being a musician, now I've come to realize it in everything I do. You know, every time I get a riff in my head and I'm like, well, I'm going to make a track out of this. Well, let me get out of the calculator first. And, uh, you know, okay, where am I at in my head? Yeah, that's probably not great. Let me fix that a little bit, you know, and then adjust the key to match it. And the key that I had in my head might not always work. Um, and you want to match the key to what you're working with with the tempo. Um, again, to avoid these ghost intervals that that aren't really you don't perceive them so much, but they're, you know, picture them on like this etheric level that you, your brain is definitely absorbing in it. And if you were to wear an EKG and listen to that track and watch what was going on, you would see a difference. I've seen a difference by experimenting with this and mm -hmm. um, your breathing patterns, um, your ease of attuning to the track it you know like when you start listening to a song if it's something you like and you enjoy you're gonna kind of start your body moves to it you might start dancing i mean that's that's nature that's human so um you definitely want that to match up if you're doing brainwave entrainment you know it's body mind and spirit all at once sorry i'm trying to Okay, sorry, my cat was creeping around by my teeth. <laughs> she's known to poop in weird places, so I had to blast the hell out of her with a squirt bottle like really quick. Uh, <laughs> I didn't want that to happen, and then I have to sit here with it for 45 minutes. So <laughs> I had to get her out of there quick. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, you know, you you obviously want those to sync up rather than to be fighting each other because you're trying to if you're going to listen to a song that has brainwave entrainment frequency along with it and you're sitting there moving your body dancing to some 120 techno house groove <laughs> but mm -hmm. the brainwave entrainment is not at all that like how is that gonna work really it might but how long is it going to take to to really work you know you're you're doing too much <laughs> you know? right so 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 i did a little bit of an experiment myself like one i i did what you suggested not to do i downloaded an app <laughs> i was at work and in, in the app it gives me a choice of frequencies so i i, I think i i use gamma Mm -hmm. And then, like you know, you get to choose like you know, like like waves or something like that in the background. And you know, and I'm doing it while I'm active at work. Mm -hmm. And I, I would say, 15 minutes into it, I started feeling sick. Mm. I was like, oh, this feels terrible. Well, then, then I I tried one of your tracks at home, just uh -huh. laying down, chilling. And I think I used um, 
I forget what it was. I think it was one for the heart chakra. And uh and I was fine. I felt good. Right on. Okay. Well, here's what I would think probably happened. First of all, I I don't think the apps where you can combine them with things like waves or jungle sounds or that kind of thing are as bad as uh combining them with music mm -hmm. however that being said gamma waves which you're using at work <laughs> likely for <laughs> attention and and uh alertness combined with uh the sound of waves which probably made you want to take a nap mm -hmm. <laughs> might not have been the best combination so you're kind of again it's fighting each other you know i mean you'd uh you'd be better off putting on metallica <laughs> that, that'll, that'll right. there's your gamma waves you know no, that's i mean normally i'll like listen to something like electric wizard or clutch <laughs> I, right you know you want some double kicks just going <laughs> there's your gamma the super fast you know quarter notes that's you're talking 40 hertz you know that's that's what it sounds like so mm -hmm. you're you're better off with that really uh you know and, and combining something that's supposed to make you wide awake and alert with with like relaxing crashing waves that just make you want to doze up you know you're gonna it probably almost creates anxiety, you know, and even though that's, what, that's what it felt like. level, it felt yeah. a little bit like an anxiety attack. Right, right. <laughs> it didn't do even do it on a conscious level. You didn't really consciously go, oh, this is what's going on. But that's what it still kind of jacked you up, you know. So uh, sinking those things in and really considering beforehand what you're going for, you know, where am I at? Where do I want to go with this? Um, you know from the get-go and and uh you know and this is part of why i i'm just a big fan of making my own tracks over using other people's i mean i realize that that's not everybody's cup of tea not everybody um is as computer savvy as the next person or you know i there's certainly a lot of things I still can't figure out, but I know how I know music and I know music programs. So, um, you know, if I can do something, I'm surely going to do it before I, I trust someone else. Um, and that's just me, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I've heard, you know, I've had friends that have done these like, Oh, sleep to this meditation. And they said they woke up to some subliminals that were just not cool you know and there's mm -hmm. these like six eight hour tracks and once you're knocked out you don't know what they're whispering in your ear uh you know here slap these two giant magnets on either side of your brain and then shut it off we'll dry for eight hours trust me <laughs> like okay <laughs> yeah i'm not doing any of that thank you <laughs> you know uh I'm good. I'll, I, I'll make my own stuff to do that too. So you never, I'm not saying it's all intentionally bad. Um, I would say maybe 
10, 15, 20% max of things out there might intentionally be, be bad, um, you know, but at least 50% are unintentionally it just not didn't ideally yeah. Right, you know, um, and there's some placebo going on as well. Uh, you know, people are gonna, uh, you know, believe in something, and then it's gonna it's gonna work no matter what mm-hmm. uh, because they believe in it. And there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, you know, if it works, great. Uh, but every now and then you're gonna get nauseous. <laughs> so <laughs> it's probably better to to know what you're doing um, from the get go. Yeah, yeah. I I was just testing a theory when I did that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm my own guinea pig. (laughs) So I've had this idea for some time, and I wanted to see what happened. So uh, and I kept spacing it off forever. And one hand, I'm bored not too long ago, as we often are these days, and there's nothing on TV, nothing I wanted to watch streaming or anything. And I'm, "Ah, I want to why don't I do something actually, you know, I'm kind of burnt out, but why don't I do something? Oh yeah. So I put on the EEG headset and hooked up the, the brainwave entrainment, uh, you know, reading app and I'm, I'm terrified of heights. So <laughs> I go to YouTube on my big screen and, uh, you know, split the screen on my laptop and on my TV, I put on, this compilation of people like walking on ledges thousands of feet up in the air. It was like my trip into the Integratron all over again. You know, I was like <laughs> the worst thing I could possibly watch because I wanted to see what happened when I get that, like that feeling. I get mm-hmm. that feeling all through my body of just like, I'm going to fall. I'm going to fall. And all I have to do is watch it on a screen. And I'm like, <gasps> you know, so I, I know it's going to do something if I have the EEG on and I'm just, I'm like, why don't I scare the shit out of myself and see what it looks like? So I put this video on and maybe like five, six minutes into it. I'm like, I got to turn this off. Like I'm alternating between laughing my ass off and having a heart attack. And if I die, right now it's going to be a week before anybody finds me because of all this covid crap and i work at home <laughs> nobody hears from me anymore anyway there's like the worst time to do this you know but it was pretty interesting like it was so funny like it was just normal brain wave. and then every time i got that feeling they just went you just exploded like all of them were just that fight or flight like you're on 12 type adrenaline rush and yeah but like i said it was like five six minutes into a 15 minute video and i'm like i'm gonna die before this thing is over if i keep it up (laughs) so can, can can people use sound and like binaural beats to enter altered states of consciousness oh definitely yeah um if you use, you know, the extremely low frequencies um, and even using like the 40 hertz we were talking about 
you know, that mm -hmm. the monks meditate at. And what I've learned is that, that there are different levels, you know, you, so, okay. So in my EEG system, it shows a bunch of different bars and each one's a different color and those each represent a frequency range and then there's this like circle glob thing on a separate little box on it and it kind of is a circle but it keeps changing shape and peaks out to the edges which are the different peaks now if you were to get a perfect white circle that would mean all of them are firing at the same time and you see all the bars go up at once and so when people are in deep meditation we'll see these perfect circles of white and all the bars go up at the same time. And the thing about the system is, is that you wouldn't really see that on a, like a neurologist EEG system. This is a home system. Um, they use it at Loyola in Chicago. Um, my friend Ben Lone Tree is a former NASA scientist. He uses them out in Sedona measuring the, the vortexes, things like that. Um, but it's unique in that you'll see these things which show like all gears firing equally at the same time, uh, which is really kind of the ideal um, rather than just extreme peaks in, you know, your lower ranges or your higher ranges. Um, but you kind of need to understand them all first, <laughs> you know, to get there. Uh, so it's, it's definitely something uh, that can be done and you can do it at, you know, by choice of the different frequencies or all at once. Um, even the Dalai Lama said, if there is, and I use this argument, the first time I went to a theosophical society, uh, spiritual roundtable discussion mm -hmm. at headquarters in in wheaton outside of chicago you know one woman argued um you know well, brainwave you know computers and electronics have no um business in meditation um you know this is something you should be able to achieve on your own without electronic influence and these kind of things and in response to that, I would say two things. One, what I was getting to, which is the Dalai Lama said, if I can use a tool which will get me somewhere in seven minutes that used to take me four hours a day, I'm open to it. <laughs> you know, I have other mm -hmm. things to do. <laughs> you know, great, bring it on. Uh, secondly, <laughs> it's real easy for someone who lives at the Theosophical Society headquarters in Wheaton, Nebraska, in the middle of BFG with no interstate and sirens going by and neighbors screaming at their spouses uh, to say, you don't need anything to get into a meditative state. Um, when I live in an apartment in, in inner city Chicago, I have to put on headphones and I have to listen to something to block out my roommates, my neighbors, the street. Uh, so, and also consider some poor 16 year old kid living in Lawrence, Kansas. There's no crystal shop nearby and he doesn't have 
$150 to buy a singing bowl if there was, right? So <laughs> what's this kid going to do, you know? Um, and, and yeah, now we have the internet, but, you know, it, it, you can order stuff if you have the money, you know, but not everybody does. If you can, if you can download Audacity and generate two frequencies and make a brainwave entrainment track for yourself, um, put on your headphones, block out your parents screaming, and, you know, relax for the evening and then get your homework done, then, you know, more power to you, you know, I mean, not everybody has, you know, the privilege to um, get into those states uninterrupted uh, when we when we need to. Um, and again, this was, we're talking 10 years ago, I had this conversation. Can you imagine now where everybody's stuck at home with their families and their pets <laughs> and their, you know, their kids are screaming and, you know, their sister's kids are screaming, this isn't even my kid and I've got to listen to this all night. You know, you're going to go lock yourself in your room and meditate. Okay, good luck. You know, so you got to put on headphones and, um, you know, put something on to to chill out and shift gears um and so it it, it needs to be conducive to your desired outcome and not right. counteractive um so you know any kind of tools that people can provide for that i i think the better and the more people know they're there um you know the more the more good good they'll do uh, and, and, you know, so people know they don't have to spend hundreds of dollars, you know, to, to acquire these kind of tools. They're the kind of things you can do for yourself um, relatively easily. You know, so. Yeah, I, that's one of the things that, that I, I, you know, it, it is accessible to everybody. And like, um, you know, a lot of people go to some pretty extreme, um, do extreme things just to have an altered state of consciousness, you know, like mm -hmm. traveling to, the, uh, you know, the jungles of Central America to do ayahuasca and stuff right. like that, you know. Right. Yeah. And, and, and this is just something that somebody can do at home with a, uh, you know, a pair, a pair of ear, earbuds and a phone. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, even making binaural beat that's something you could, you know, you could, I'm sure there's apps where you can layer two sine waves, you know, and your computer will, uh, your, your calculator will tell you which two, you know, it's, so it's not, as long as you kind of know the basics of it, it's not, trust me, if this was difficult math, I wouldn't be doing it. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not good at math. I'm not a fan of it. I have my friend make me Excel charts and, you know, calculators cause I can't do it, but it's, it's not difficult to do and, uh, and kind of get yourself uh, back to, a. you know, to me, it's something that, you know, once you do, you spent all day, you woke up and you, you know, drove to work listening to Black Sabbath so that you could deal with these idiots when you get to work. Um, you know, when you get home, you need to 
cleanse that out, you know, get your heart rate back to, nor to normal, get your brain waves back to normal, um, you know, kind of uh, cleanse all the negative um, and, and get back to yourself mm -hmm. uh, naturally, you know, your own rhythms and your own um, thoughts and ideas, you know, allow those to come in and not be influenced by the fluorescent lights from your office and the computer screen and, uh, you know, those kind of things. So uh, it, it definitely helps to, to shift gears, like I say, and, um, you know, and that way you're, you know, when you go to sleep at night, uh, you're probably more restful and less, less stressed out. Yeah, and stress sucks. Right. <laughs> yeah. And everybody <laughs> has plenty of it these days. So uh it's definitely anything you can do to shed that. You know, everybody has our concerns about 5G and you know the new television frequencies coming through and this mm -hmm. kind of stuff. Um, you know, definitely turning that off an hour before bed, you know, and yeah, that's why. Is that why, like, sometimes they say, like, don't have electronics in the bedroom? Oh yeah, yeah. I don't. Um, I I put my phone on silent and plug it in in the living room. Um, I have a separate phone that the internet. I dropped it, and now the internet won't connect on it. Uh, so I had to get a new phone, but that's the one I use for my alarm, and I actually keep it in the hallway even outside my bedroom door but it's close enough that i that i hear it but mm -hmm. i use that for an alarm and i don't have any electronics anywhere near me when i go to sleep nothing internet or anything and all the electronics in my room i actually have all my music equipment in my room but they are plugged into uh, power strips that are turned off unless i'm actually using the equipment so um yeah, I'd, I don't have it anywhere near me when I sleep. You know, my ex used to try to go to bed and leave her iPhone on, beeping all night. And I'm like, turn it. You got to turn this thing off. I can't sleep. It's every 10 minutes it's going on. <laughs> well, what if there's an emergency? I'm like, you wouldn't know because you're not checking it. You're just, you're sleeping through it. I'm waking. Turn it off. Like, remember when we didn't have cell phones right. <laughs> never yeah. missed an emergency <laughs> haven't missed an emergency since i've had a cell phone just turn it off get it away from my head you know so i just yeah i just don't keep it anywhere near me um especially with all the weird stuff going on now and i, I honestly i sleep I definitely sleep better than when I used to keep my own phone in my room, even though I would still turn the ringer off. It was on, you know, mm -hmm. so the, those signals were still zapping into my room all night, but uh, I, I quit doing that a couple of years ago. So. <laughs> do, do, do you think things like, like, like just like random noise, like say like a buzzing refrigerator and stuff oh, like that so, can really screw people up and so put these, them in a bad mood? Yeah, dude. So I got these new neighbors upstairs. Uh, you know, I live in an apartment complex. It's three floors. I'm on the ground floor. 
my new neighbors are great older couple real quiet real chill real nice people but uh past couple nights something and i can't tell if it's that it sounds like it's in the air vents between my apartment and theirs but i don't know i've lived here for going on five years and i've never heard this before but it's like tiny chinese water torture i swear to god it's like <laughs> and I'm like, I'm trying to doze off and I keep hearing that. Like, I literally had to put a pillow over my ear the other night. Uh, I have no idea what it is. <laughs> and it only starts at night. And I'm like, like 10 o'clock at night, like when I'm go getting ready for bed, you know, and then like, here it is 11, 1130. I go to lay and I can still hear it. And I'm like, I get up and I come in the living room and I can kind of hear it from this vent on the ceiling. And I'm looking and like, tap on the ceiling and it doesn't stop and i'm like why it's it drives me nuts and it is probably more that i don't know what the hell it could possibly be that drives me nuts more than the sound <laughs> itself because i'm like is there a mouse in my vent just tapping its foot i don't understand what this could possibly be. it doesn't make any sense yeah, that, that drives me nuts more than than the sound itself. But I swear to God, it happened last night and the night before. And if it happens tonight, I'm knocking on their door tomorrow first thing. Like, what the <laughs> hell is going on? Uh, but yeah, definitely those kind of things. I didn't used to be that way when I was younger. I don't know. I mean, when I was going on tour with bands and stuff, I could just fall asleep in a chair. There's like movie blasting and people yelling and partying and I'm just, I'm out, you know? Mm -hmm. And, you know, that was my twenties. Uh, and then now, I, I don't know. Now it's like every little thing is just an explosion and it scares the crap out of me and, I'm wide awake and I can't get back to sleep. <laughs> so I don't know what happens as we get older, I guess. It's weird because my hearing's not any better. It's definitely worse. Yeah, my, my hearing is absolutely <laughs> why? horrendous. So why the hell is it that I hear every... What is it about going to sleep that all of a sudden heals your hearing issues? <laughs> like 100%. All of a sudden, now I can hear everything everything perfectly like i couldn't hear a damn thing anyone said all day <laughs> nothing <laughs> made any sense but now that i'm asleep that little tiny drip in my ceiling is going to keep me up for hours that's like my, my my wife right like uh she'll say like you know how is it you cannot hear a word i say to you all day long but right. but the tv on like three at night will keep you up. <laughs> right. 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 Well, because everything coming out of the TV is a surprise and you're used to tuning her out. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's pretty it's, funny. Um, do you think that uh, th this is a sort of out there question, but do you think sound can be used um for interdimensional travel uh probably that was one of the claims about the integratron um uh, that it'd be used for at least time travel and they may have meant more interdimensional but back in the 
fifties when they were talking about it, you know, they probably just used time travel as a blanket term. Um, so I don't know if you've seen the sonic levitation experiments, like acoustic levitation, where they can, you know, levitate a piece of styrofoam or a yeah, water yeah. droplet. Mm -hmm. Um, and of course you're using like ultra high frequencies that are just ear piercing. And of course, if any of these physicists were like, well, Hey, if I used an eight, a, a pair of 18 inch speakers instead of eight centimeters <laughs> and then put a boulder in between it and then did the math. I bet it would work. Well, here's the problem with that. You would immediately lose your funding uh, because the construction unions would come after you. <laughs> so um, God forbid we levitate anything larger than a packing peanut. <laughs> so, uh, however, uh, there's this theory about Saturn that it it's pulsing rings control time in our dimension and then you have the fraternity fraternity saturni whatever and the whole uh time is the enemy of man and blah 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 all this kind of stuff that goes into it uh but there's this cube of saturn thing um there's the cymatic at the north pole of saturn that's a uh, a hexagon and people talk about the cube so sometimes doing the sonic levitation they'll add uh, a third speaker to a side and mm -hmm. it seems to help and then like some dry ice and you can see the standing wave and that kind of thing and even move the particle around in it uh so i had this theory of six sides beaming the object from all six sides uh, like a cube uh, above below and four sides so i built this plexiglass cube and i stuck these tactile transducers to each one and i have three uh little amps to power up the three pairs of six speakers and uh, transducers and i I, I had done some experiments with my Bose speakers, like I'd lay one on the back and then I put four plastic tumblers and then I put the other one face down on top of that. So they're kind of separated and I like shot myself in the stomach with a CD and a plastic playing die a few times and uh, scared the hell out of the cats just shooting things across the room. <laughs> so I'd use my theremin or a pitch generator and slide it and then it'd get going and then I'd move my finger too far and then it'd go flying out 50 miles an hour. So I figured the the cube would also help keep the object from killing anyone. <laughs> um, but it also might uh, send it to another dimension, maybe, hopefully. So mm -hmm. I know it's a crazy idea, but I thought, what the hell, it's worth building while I'm sitting at home doing nothing else. Uh, so I built it and then um i was kind of afraid that my windows were gonna break when i first fired it up and i got um the cd going pretty good it was levitating decent and then uh the plastic playing die again was was floating pretty no there was the uh the ping pong ball i got going pretty good 
Um, but to really get into some bigger objects or to really like see what it can do, I got to take it somewhere like out in a field or something, <laughs> somewhere nobody could hear it because it's just, it was like rattling the walls and stuff and my neighbors were probably gonna <laughs> what the hell is going on in here so i mean and i'm sweeping you know the frequency generator from like just sub it's just the walls are shaped just like, you got six transducers just you know just going i'm like yeah this is i'm good this is sound great if i plug a bass or my moog into it or something but <laughs> it's gonna sound great when i do that but uh for this experiment i'm gonna have to go out to the middle of nowhere and i just haven't done that yet but i got a thing uh for my car where i can plug it into my lighter and i can plug in two three prong you know power things to it mm -hmm. so i can actually now i can like go out somewhere and to like the middle of nowhere and run this cord you know, far enough from my car, I don't break those windows or anything either and go some field somewhere and put on some headphones and crank this thing up and see what happens. But, uh, that sounds pretty cool. Be sure to send you some videos when I'm done doing that. I've got a few <laughs> things to bring. I've got like a little pile of stuff, like a, a, a beer pong ball, CDs. I have a big chunk of amber, like, some different crystals, coins, shells, stuff like that. Just see what happens. You know? um, mm. I kind of thought about putting a cell phone in there because <laughs> if it goes back in time, that it would just be really funny to like yeah. have a text loaded onto it. Like, hi from 2020, just kill yourself now. <laughs> you don't want to go here. Trust me. <laughs> Trust me. Um, one of the words that you, you mentioned is, is the cymatics. I think is that right. uh, pronounced that right? Um, yeah. Do you is there a connection between? the uh shapes that are created by sound and sacred geometry oh definitely yeah i mean if you look at, at mandalas and and uh a lot of the sacred geometry definitely um a lot of the work i've done with cymatics another reason i i built that cube i thought well i'm gonna fill this thing with water and then blast it from six sides with some lights on it you know in the dark and see these 3D patterns, see if it makes like a cool bubble or something, you know? And so when I built the, the plastic cube, I sealed it up around the edges and then I even like clear taped it around the outside of the edges. And then I poured like one gallon of water in it and it was leaking everywhere. <laughs> so <laughs> that didn't work, but, uh, but I've used a lot of different cymatic systems. Um, different sizes, different amplifiers, different transducers, different pans. And, um, you know, uh, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but like Emoto's work is pretty much bunk. And I know a lot of people really like it. And people like to say, well, you know, science doesn't respect him because he was onto something that they don't want people to know. 
Uh, yeah, that's half true. He, science doesn't respect him because he refused to perform any of his experiments in front of any witnesses. And he would strictly take pictures of whatever he wanted and publish those and say they were whatever he wanted. And when people did reproduce those same experiments, they didn't get the same results. And then he refused to do that. And that's just not the, the scientific way to do it. Um, cymatics are very interesting. They can show a lot of things when I would have a, a low frequency vibration therapy system set up in an event and people would go, what does that do to me? I point to the cymatics uh, transducer under the table, run out of the amp and go, well, that that's see what it's doing to that water. You're 70% water. That pattern is what it's going to do to your cells, you know, into your water. So uh, I think it's a great tool, but you have to understand that there are so many variable variables. You got, you know, the amplification, the frequency, the size of the, uh, the pan, the size, uh, what's the medium? Are you using water? Are you using sand? Is it salt? You know, I mean, you can make anything look like anything. This A440 looks evil and 432 looks great. First of all, you're talking about a single frequency and that's what none of it's about. And you missed the point from the get go anyway, but <laughs> just changing the, the decibels by like two or three could change either of those patterns so drastically that it's, it's just not a valid argument. You can't, you know, you can't really uh, put a whole lot of weight into um, pretty patterns. Uh, mm -hmm. There's a lot you can, I mean, there's some that come up and you're like, wow, okay, that's really interesting and kind of relative. But you kind of have to run through all the variables and see which ones are like the most prominent, you know, and the most defined uh, and, and repeating ones over different octaves and things like that. And then you go, okay, now I'm starting to see, you know, some similar, this is, this is the predominant pattern of this octave, you know, and this is something that makes sense, but you have to really, it takes some time and, and a lot of different imaging and, and, uh, and changing the variables and really, um, just paying attention to what's going on and then not just uh, cherry picking results, you know, um, which is real easy to, to do with cymatics. So um, when you put it all together, you have cymatics cre creating shapes. Mm -hmm. um, we have everything <laughs> vibrating. Um, we have associations with color because color is basically almost the same thing as sound from what I understand in your book. Um, reality, like, like to me, you know, it, it started to sound like the reality that we're experiencing is almost like a holographic reality created been, by vibe, created right. by sound. Right. And that's part of the, uh, the planetary theory as far as Saturn creating the element, if you will, of time on this plane. Um, and then uh, a lot of the hologram 
aspect has been attributed to other planets, uh, possibly even the moon, things like that. But um, one of the ways I looked at it, uh, it's kind of like astral travel or, you know, after we die and we're whatever this energy is, uh, you know, here in these physical bodies, all these frequencies are separated by our ears, our eyes, our nose, our mouth, our, our fingers, our nerves. You know, all these five senses are separated. Um, if you look at the frequency spectrum, you see sound, um, and then you go up and you see, you know, uh, ultraviolet and different other microwaves, things like that, and then light. Um, and it's all on this line kind of, but what if you don't have ears and eyes to separate those, how would you experience those frequencies without these filters, right? You know, so they're probably hitting you. It sounds like almost like a like a song almost with different instruments. Well, right. You know, being experienced through the five senses mm -hmm. all is one thing. Right, yeah. Uh, you know, it's kind of that old theory, uh, ohm is all sounds at once. Mm -hmm. Well, if, you know, I used to do this thing in class where I had actually hit every single key on a grand piano at once and it was effing horrid. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'm like mm, I think it's a little more metaphorical than that. <laughs> you know, like, it's, that would be dissonant and just chaos, you know, um, and maybe it is who, it, who knows who am I to say, but the, the you know, um, I think that's where that theory comes from is that, um, you know, you'd be experiencing creation, you'd be experiencing everything at once. It's, a, it's something that we can't fathom. It's kind of like trying to define God, you know, it's, it's not something uh, within these confines of our human nature, we're, we're not necessarily able to fully comprehend that quite yet. Um, all we can understand is what the limits are that we do experience and that that is certainly not all that is um, and you know try to uh, uh, move up from there I guess <laughs> the best we can do with, do with what we got I guess great so um, I want to get ready to wrap this up. Um, where can my listeners find you and find your book? Uh, I You can search my name on Amazon. Um, it's D-A-M-E-O-N. I'm sure you can see it on the thing. Uh, it's not spelled normal. <laughs> and then uh, I have a Wix website, uh, damienkeller.wixsite.com slash sounds good. Um, if you just Google my name, that'll come up even if nothing else, if you don't want to remember links, just Google my name. I'm fortunate enough to have a you can, unique enough name that uh, my websites just pop up now in the books and links and everything. Uh, I have a SoundCloud that you can find by searching F equals one over T um, and uh, YouTube channel, all that good stuff. So. There's some free downloads of brainwave entrainment on my SoundCloud. Welcome to utilize. So enjoy. Yeah. 
Yeah. So what I'll do is I'll put links down to to, to your website in the notes of this episode. And oh, would you mind if I posted some of the files that you sent me? Um, uh, as sure. like sort of an accompaniment to this episode. So some of my listeners could just try it out. Oh, definitely. Awesome. Yeah, my- so I'll do that. I'll just sort of, I'll put out this, this episode and then I'll put out like an, an accompaniment with it, with the, with the, um, with like the chakra meditation. Oh, sure. Yeah. I'd love that. I'm yeah. That'd be like really sure cool. Cause that would give my it. listeners something to experiment with for themselves. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Uh, like I said, much needed these days. Thank you. I think that'd be really cool. Sure. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. It was a it was a great time. Yeah. Uh, thank nice you. To, nice to talk with like minded people. So. Yes. And I'd love to have that. Well, have you back. You know, maybe when you come back, we can do a little analysis on those files I sent you. Definitely. Yeah. I, like I said, it's on my to do list for tomorrow. Finally, enjoy the weekend and and dive into that and. Yeah, I'd love to do it again sometime. Awesome. Great. All right. Everyone, that was Damian Keller. And you can purchase his book on Amazon. Sounds great. Thank you for listening to Everything Imaginable on KGRA Radio. You can reach Gary at everythingimaginable2020.com or email him at everythingimaginable2020 at gmail.com. He's also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. You can buy t-shirts, coffee mugs, and other merchandise to support the costs of producing this podcast. Click on the merchandise link at the top of his page, www.everythingimaginable2020.com. Oh yes, I almost forgot. You can buy his book, Enlightenment Guaranteed. It's the only book on Zen that you'll ever need, and it's on Amazon. It'll change your life, because remember, everything that exists was first imagined. Hey, if you loved what you listened to, don't forget, rate, review, and subscribe.